0: became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here.
1: The let's go, let's go. Ravens on three. One, two, three. Ravens! Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've only seen three episodes of One Tree Hill. And on this episode, we are diving into Season 1, Episode 3, Are you true? Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're gonna put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com Yeah, we're gonna have
0: a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're
1: sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. did you hear that? We're media. So, welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 3, Are You True? Dom, we're here, Episode 3, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm good, I'm into it, I'm I'm enjoying
0: it, Um, and I understand your feelings on it. Even from episode three. And if you've seen the first three episodes, I get kind of your relationship with it. Um, Maybe that's because I know you quite well. Um, But I feel like it's going somewhere and it's building. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far.
1: Are you saying you understand my individual relationship to the show? Or do you mean you understand one's relationship to it or why it has such fandom?
0: I think I'm starting to understand your individual relationship to it. So okay. your personal one. Um, but I understand why other people would have a individual like feelings towards it and how it would change their perception and way of thinking and make them feel better and make them think differently. Um, especially from a like a teenager point of view. it's It's got that kind of mor- morale boosting kind of edge to it.
1: Awesome. That's really cool. Well... And you were worried at one point that you weren't going to like it. So. And I was not concerned because I, I knew that I, I was pretty sure that you'd enjoy it. But it's good to feel relieved and feel calm that, you know, you're involved and you're into it, which is excellent. So let's get into this episode. So we'll start with our character journey and then we'll do all of our judgments and all of the other good stuff as we go along. Stick around to the end because we've got a lot of great information to share about our patreon page and we need to shout out some patrons that would that have joined us that have joined the Ravens team and all of that other goodness. So let's start with who you want to start with?
0: Let's start with Nathan this week. Okay. We always, we've started with Lucas twice now. Yep. I think it's important that we start with someone else. Um, Why not go to his polar opposite and we'll start with Nathan.
1: Your prediction for Nathan was that he would continue in this sort of antagonist spot and continue to be pressured by his dad, etc. Which I think we can all agree that that is continuing to happen. What is your interpretation of Nathan's journey through this episode?
0: Uh, it was almost a vulnerability point again from from the beginning so he goes to take the winning shot of the game and he misses Um, and then Jake ends up with the ball gives it to Lucas and Lucas does his super three pointer from miles out um, which is great Uh, but it's a victory that Nathan doesn't want to celebrate because it should have been his victory and dan makes that very clear to him right at the end of the game when he says i thought this was your team is that what he says yeah i thought this was your team uh and then that immediately makes him feel even worse um and then when we get to the scene when he's at peyton's house and he's kind of lying on the bed having a little whinge about it and getting a bit stroppy and she's all like she's just in it for the fun isn't she (laughs) she all she wants is to be miserable or having sex that's all I see from Peyton. <laughs> so we'll get to that, I suppose, when we get to that. But Nathan, for whatever reason, is not interested. He just wants to mope about Lucas. He's really put off and he knows that his dad is going to give him a hard time about it, about, you know, not performing in the game. He's shown that little flicker of vulnerability again. He's in that weird ground of, I- I'm disappointed in my dad. I'm disappointed in myself. I don't really want to do this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And then he just immediately like shoots down painting with the whole. He just pays no attention to her. He's he's turned around, looked around the room, and gone. Oh, something's different about the room. I I can't quite put my finger on it. And she says, "I've taken all my sketches down." And he's like, "What sketches?" Hmm. So he's just like completely unattentive to her, or he's just super in it for himself. Um, And I think it for me, I see it as he's captain of the basketball team that has a cheerleader girlfriend
1: well especially as in comparison to lucas who found her art submitted it against her will in a way admitting that her art is the reason that got him to that basketball game so got someone that she's not in a relationship with that her art means so much to him that it's helped him on a journey to her actual boyfriend that didn't even notice that she'd done it in the first place.
0: He's just super self-involved. He just has no interest in
1: that side of her world. He also had mono at one point. What is mono? (laughs) Isn't it like glandular fever? So I'm going to have to Google it. I need to know. I
0: think they call glandular fever mono because it's... The, more, the scientific name for it mono blah, blah, blah,
1: blah. Mono. glandular fever is an infection that spreads through spit it's sometimes called mono or the kissing disease so is this to imply that maybe Peyton had mono also to avoid spreading glandular fever wash your hands regularly do not kiss others and do not share cups cut or towels
0: <laughs> oh he got it from someone else mm. I've got a really big question I don't know whether it's for now I think we'll wait I'm gonna wait for Dan
1: okay well either way he had mono and he still played basketball and played a game but he scored less than 12 points
0: if you're not allowed to touch a glass or towel or you know to touch a basketball probably gave a whole team mono <laughs>
1: <laughs> what else happens to Nathan in this episode
0: uh he he also is challenged by by his dad about his performance, which he was expecting anyway. And then his dad gives him the, do you want to end up selling cars for a living with people that have got no credit or that whole speech?
1: Basically, do you want his life where he's got a massive house and seems to, is it, sort of his own boss and sort of living a pretty sweet life.
0: He's like king of the town. Yeah. Because everybody, even cops, sort of let things go. But I guess it's a small town. I mean,
1: that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Big man in a small town. Big man in a small town. Nathan also goes on a tirade of of bullying, basically, doesn't he? I mean, it's under the the title of hazing, but it gets pretty extreme. And from soaking Lucas's clothes to rallying up the the other players that you know are a bit younger that have also come in to be replacements for the players that got uh, cut.
0: That's the bit I wanted to sort of mention is that he has so much influence over the other players. Obviously not Jake, um, but he, he's taken control of absolutely every aspect of what they do outside of basketball and training. Essentially forces them into bullying Lucas, making his life and time of misery. You know, they, they take his towel away. We'll get to that, obviously, when we cover Lucas. Um, but... You know, they're pretty much destroying his clothes. They push him into like a swampy puddle. They
1: kidnap him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like bag overhead.
0: Yeah. and shove him in the back of a car and it's all kind of on his order. And he turns around and says, I know that it's kind of further along in the episode, but he says, normally by this point we'd be bringing out a cake and welcoming you to the team. But we're not going to do that with you. Wait, we? did you say cake? I'm sure he said cake. Is it not cake? <laughs> Keg. He said a keg. He said, a
1: keg. <laughs> <laughs> I meant keg. Yeah, he, Super he, meant keg. Did you just imagine?
0: Did he bring out a cake?
1: Nathan brought out, I baked you a cake. I heard it's Welcome cake. And I watched cake. it twice.
0: <laughs> I heard it is cake. Are you keeping that in? <laughs> uh, 100%. I that. So he, he said, We'll bring out a keg. We'll Brown be having a Victoria pie. sponge. <laughs> Chocolate. Um... And they tell
1: war stories, and you'd be part. You'd be welcome you'd be, to the team. You'd be, well, you,
0: you know, you'd be officially a Raven. Uh, but that's not going to happen. Just quit now, and then they drive off and leave them there. That's pretty. that's not a lot from Nathan's journey in this episode, other than he needs. He's been told by his dad to ramp up the bullying, and he does. He goes to that next level.
1: But he also takes a further walk into darkness. Potentially, we'll see what your perception is by initiating a, a form of relationship with hey, Haley in terms of needing a tutor so and I, it could be posed as i mean how do you interpret it you think he's trying to just do it to jab at lucas or you think he actually needs a tutor or how did you perceive it
0: we had the slumming it comment didn't we from, from his friend from tim which is like tim's a scumbag anyway Let's call it how it is. Yeah, I don't like Tim. Don't like any of them. <laughs> uh, so Nathan's then like, oh shut up! I'm not going to do that. And then thinks, oh, he comes up. He says he's got a plan, doesn't he? He Comes up with a plan. I've got, a, I've got like a side plan.
1: Well, Tim says, well, what happens if we haze this guy and he doesn't go away? And then Nathan says, well, I've got a backup plan.
0: Yeah, and I think Haley is the backup plan. But when he gets his F. When the teacher, is it Mr. Kelly? Sure. <laughs> we just made up last time. Yeah. And he puts the paper down and it says, F, see me. He looks really disappointed. He's like, oh,
1: we embarrassed. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, I thought, oh, maybe he got an F on purpose, so then he has to get a tutor. Because he'd asked for her to tutor before that, or he was told, oh, you're going to be my tutor. And she's like, no, thanks. Um, I'm Lucas's like, best friend. Go away. And he's like, okay, fine. And then he goes back to see her with the F. Did he get the F on purpose? to force her or like kind of play that hand a little bit more.
1: Guilt her into it.
0: Yeah. And kinda of go, look, I really need the help. I don't know, this is this is
1: what I'm asking. Tell me <laughs> I will not. So maybe she should have provided cake. <laughs> <laughs> then it would have been alright. Well, so what what is your what is your guess? What is your prediction? Is your prediction that he's playing it or that he actually needs help?
0: Um, I think it's probably actually a bit of both. I think he does need help. He doesn't seem... We haven't really seen anything academic from him, really. We've only seen the, the sporting side. But that hasn't been required of him as a character yet. So maybe he does need the help. But I think it's definitely a play
1: to try and get a Lucas through Haley. Well, they meet at 7am on the dock and he gives her like the little bracelet and these are quite sweet moments aren't they like whether it's um, premeditated or not but the 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 back and forth think of me as math math doesn't care and all that like she's very much putting up the guards and the shields of I'm not interested in in you with your touchdowns and all of that stuff <laughs> but he's sort of flirtatious with her and playful, I mean what do you, you think that that's also he's putting a part on
0: he's yeah, He's trying to show that he can be nice and that he is nice um, but everyone has this bad perception of him, but we know he isn't because of the way he is with Peyton so we know that he's not nice and he's not caring and he's not attentive but he's playing that to get his way or maybe have his way <laughs> So that he can then say, oh, look what I did with your best friend to Lucas. And really like.
1: Stick it to him. Yeah. Stick it in her. <laughs> stick it to her, just stick it to him. Yeah.
0: Um, and I, I just, I think we need to talk about it more from Haley's perspective. Okay. But the whole bracelet thing, he couldn't have known what was in that packet. But then when it was, I, I think no matter what it was, he would have given it to her and gone, oh, look, it was a little like, charm thing. Um, but I want to talk about that when we get to Haley. Okay. Maybe we talk about Haley
1: next. Okay. So is is that wrapped up on Nathan? That's enough. I think,
0: I, I didn't really see much else from him other than he was scheming in this episode the whole time. He's gone from like seething at the beginning to scheming. I like that. It should be in the title of the episode.
1: Seething <laughs> to scheming. Okay. Let's move on to Haley then. So Haley does go to the high school. This is this the first time we see her interacting with some other characters? I actually
0: I wrote in my notes when I was I was watching it. Um she goes to school <laughs> and she's a tutor. So she actually does go to school.
1: Not only is she a tutor, she's also a the bomb. She's the
0: bomb. We find out a lot like a lot more about Haley in this episode, which is good. There's one we find out she's a tutor, we find out that she's very academically clever, which I thought we we kind of assume anyway because of how close she is with lucas and how friendly they are and they, the way they talk about things
1: there's exposition from karen about when they first met she came from a big family and when she found out it was just karen and lucas she was like i think you guys need me more and that she's kind of all, always she's kind of always played that playful role and sort of been part of their family yeah she's, she's
0: been with them since she was eight years old um, and Karen makes that clear, uh, especially when is she, talk, is she talking to Keith? When Keith, yeah. You would have thought Keith would know that.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, I think it was just exposition for the audience, wasn't it?
0: Just so people like me,
1: just so we would know. First
0: time watchers <laughs> are getting the uh, all the goods. Yeah. So Haley, yes, we know that she is a great tutor. There's the boat burning festival. festival
1: it's the annual festival. How many has there been previously?
0: Eighty three. Eighty three. Oh this was the eighty third. Yeah. So it's been eighty two previously.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what what would you put in the burning boat?
0: Um
1: what bad karma or whatever would you put in there?
0: I don't know. Have you got anything to put in the burning boat? I would
1: put in COVID nineteen. Oh nice. <laughs> um I'll put COVID in there, yeah. think of something for the boat Okay, burn it throw something in the boat (laughs) Hayley's waiting for Lucas after the game obviously we talk about the opening game when we get to Lucas Uh, and she's like waiting at the cafe because she couldn't go to attend so she's like desperately wanting to know how he performed he tells her they hug nice moments and then she calls home to tell them that she's going to check out the burning boat thing with Lucas and she's going to be late and she does the whole thing of pretending that her mum's drunk, which, I, that's a that's a funny moment.
0: I actually quite like that bit, when she picks up the phone and says, is it, what's this, her name, James? James. James, yeah. Uh, Hi, it's Haley. Haley James, your daughter. Uh, and then um, at the end of the phone conversation, Lucas is like, is your mum really drunk? That like, no, it's the machine. <laughs> that was actually very funny. She's obviously got good, um, like, comic sort of sense about her and timing and uh, likes to be a bit silly, which is good. Um, and she's got... she's Her character development changes so much from the beginning to the end of this episode. Um, one, we're seeing her a lot more, which is good, rather than her being... If you kind of had the A cast and a B cast, she the first two episodes she's in the B cast, yeah. she's only in it for minutes. Sidelines, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she's kind of to take us away from the key moments a little bit and have a little bit of explanation and, you know, just to tone it down a little bit. And, but now she's actually involved in the in the key part of the storyline and uh, part of the plot. And she's become a target for Nathan. So I'm a little bit upset with Hayley okay. that she's not being honest.
1: She should have just told Luka straight sh- up.
0: Yeah. And Karen when she when he answers the when she answers the phone and he says is haley there and she's like yeah and go, oh hi, it's nathan oh no she's not here and then hangs up karen, everyone can hear that
1: that's a bit odd and a bit weird and karen questions it and puts in her two cents literally and figuratively
0: yeah and says oh maybe this is someone that's trying to change and you can tell that haley is considering that maybe he is trying to change maybe he can see what lucas is like now that he can be this Smart, nice, kind, caring individual that can still play basketball really well. You don't have to be this. I'll say it, jock, idiot, that is only good at basketball and a bit of a douche everywhere else. And the Haley's maybe trying to humanize him, because other people like the the advice is that he he might be trying to better himself, mm-hmm. and she could be part of that. Mm-hmm. But she still knows it's wrong because she's not turned around and said by the way I now have to tutor Nathan because I've been assigned to tutor him you could just say it as that
1: and then it's not even it's not like it's her choice yeah
0: exactly so Lucas might not be happy about it Karen might not even be happy about it but they'd go fine you know it's it's your job at the end of the day it's what you do yeah they're not going to blame her for it yeah but now she's hidden it they definitely will.
1: Right, because it's deceitful.
0: Why keep the little bracelet thing? Obviously means that there's a connection. So to me that means she she's had a connection with him. She's felt something. Maybe she feels like that's the change. If I keep that on it's that's that's the, the point of change, he'll be different.
1: Well, and do you think that she hasn't had attention like this before? Like if your your theory is that she
0: She wants love from a Lucas.
1: And she's not receiving it, or not, it's not being openly reciprocated. So she's getting attention now from someone else, then, you know, wants want.
0: Unless she's thinking in her head, if I do this and I've got Nathan's attention, I'll get more of Lucas's attention.
1: Well, also, (laughs) a
0: weird little, mm, uh huh. But also, oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) But also, she makes a play for I'll do this, but you have to stop bullying Lucas, you have to leave him alone. Like that. So, at the end, that's how it sort of culminates isn't it into her actually doing it is she has two conditions one Lucas, oh one, Lucas doesn't, one Lucas doesn't know about it yeah. and two you stop messing with him so you know the second one being i guess the more important one is she you could argue that she's doing it for him to cuz she knows he's getting a hard time he was supposed to meet her at the at the movie theater and you know she knows what happened to him and you know being Pushed into, like, this swamp or whatever. So you could argue that she's doing it to to be a good friend. Yeah, I see that. But you're right, she could have just been open <laughs> with it. But if she told Lucas that, then he would have been like, no, don't do that.
0: I don't need you to fight my battles for me. Yeah. And be that proud. Even though he's gone and done a similar thing for someone else. For Payton. Yeah, yeah. he sort of can't take his own advice kind of sort of thing. Mm. It's that kind of feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Where it's one rule for him and another for others. But back to Hayley very quickly. She didn't ask for the rest of the team to stop as well. So I don't know whether telling Nathan to stop, will stop the rest of the team doing it. Cause there's nothing to say that Tim isn't then going to start start saying, look, come on guys, let's, let's do this hazing stuff. Let's keep bullying him, you know? Um, and Nathan's just going to go, "Well, I'm not doing it. I haven't physically touched him or done anything to hurt him,
1: so mm. there could be the plot could thicken, yeah, okay, So what's your prediction for Haley?
0: I think Haley will continue to tutor Nathan, and he will keep pushing that interest to make him almost like a love interest for her. Um, you basically think it's going to manipulate her absolutely and she's going to be very conflicted she's not going to know how to feel because she, there's going to be a moment there'll be there'll be like a random little spark of him being honest when they're they're working they'll be working hard oh it's late should we get some food or something something silly like that and there'll be a little spark of him being a bit more human and down to earth and personable and she will like it and be like oh, okay, maybe he is like this. And she'll start to fall for it. And he hits just a trick the whole time.
1: Mm-hmm. From his So body. you think from her perspective, she will think that she is the impetus for him becoming a better person. But in reality, he's just putting up uh, smoke and mirrors and actually it's just a show. And then eventually it's going to crash down and burn and then she's going to be the reason
0: that is exactly what I'm saying
1: well I will say nothing and we'll find out (laughs) okay well let's move on to let's move on to Lucas
0: I didn't like Lucas in this episode oh speak on it son (laughs) I wasn't keen on him in this episode I thought he was a bit bland
1: Okay. Well, that, let's let's work it through. Let's work it through. He scores the game-winning shot. You said in the at the end of our last episode that you hoped that they'd continue this game into this episode, so you could Lucas could have his moment, and that was like your prediction, and it, that's what happened. So when you were watching the episode, and it started with the game, and Lucas gets the the game-winning shot, how, how did that feel? Did you feel? Like, proud of him, happy for him? Because that's the the result of all of the drama from the last episode.
0: I was happy for me for getting it right. Okay. <laughs> I was happy for him as well because he's um, gone and proved to everyone that he is a great basketball player and he can still do it. He doesn't need that name on the back of his jersey anymore. He's going to go out there week in, week out and play his game uh, as best as he knows how. Great. Really positive. This is awesome. He scored in the clutch. Yay! But then, it's just a bit like, yeah, I, I got the winning basket, you know. And, and he, he's not one for bragging, and he's not one for this, that, and the other. And there is the moment where the guy comes over to Haley and says, oh, you are a bomb? And he's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, no, no, like, uh, not you. <laughs> so there is that bit. But that's kind of as exciting as it gets with Lucas in this episode.
1: Do you think he's not very good at displaying happiness and jokiness and the light side it's like a constant storm of like this this was his moment to be like take a breath and exhale and be like yes we've we've gone relax
0: we've gone from having a really humble character to being too humble enjoy it enjoy the moment get used to it you know take it on a bit have a bit and take the praise and go hey thanks man it's great i really enjoyed it come to the next game you know do something be positive positive. Try and be part of that, not necessarily that social circle, but be part of that environment of spirit.
1: Embrace it, yeah. Yeah,
0: which he doesn't have in this episode. But I kind of, uh, in a sort of reverse position now, I feel, not awkward, but I feel bad because he's being picked on so much. So, you know, this one for the ladies, this episode, wasn't it? With him in the shower. (laughs)
1: Get in here, ball boy.
0: <laughs> um, and Whitey's obviously used to this happening because he's just, you know, he said, um, I'm only just, just got used to low-waisted jeans, <laughs> which is a great line. Um, to uh, Lucas being naked, holding basketballs to cover his balls.
1: It's incredibly close, isn't it? Like, as in, they cut it very fine in terms of. It being exposing, it's about as revealing as you could get on TV. Yes, right,
0: absolutely. I would agree. That's that's as much image as you can get away with. Full frontal. It was not quite. There was balls in the way, <laughs> but it was very
1: close. It like, was.
0: Yeah. Did it make you nervous? <laughs> what that? I nice. want to see that. <laughs>
1: another ball flies out from the side <laughs> <laughs> no nah, catch this <laughs>
0: it's
1: rough it's rough it's rough so he's
0: getting a really hard time and he's trying to battle through it but he's he's kind of not battling through it enough there's where's the i need to rally my friends around now i need to get haley involved i need to i, I need right, I, know court, to, I know he's trying to i know he's Uncle said, you know, just ignore it and do this. And that. But where are they? Where are the Rivercourt guys? They they weren't in this episode at all. No. I don't remember seeing them.
1: No, they're not.
0: And he so the Rivercourt gets smashed up and graffitied and destroyed. And he cleans it up. Where's the local council? <laughs> Why are they not cleaning this up? <laughs>
1: Why is it falling on the shoulders of this teenage boy? <laughs>
0: he happens to play there quite a lot with his mates. So one, why aren't his mates there helping and go, look, these idiots have trashed the place. Can you help me tidy it up? Because I want to get it back right for us when we play. And two, why isn't some sort of local authority taking charge? Why is it down on him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> completely, completely. I mean, he even, he's even he got a ladder from somewhere. You know, he's, he's probably borrowed that from Keith. Yeah. To be honest. Definitely. And yeah, he spent his time cleaning it up, getting rid of all the trash. It is is a really douchey move though to like because surely it's not only them that play there. Surely kids play there as well, like little kids and stuff. Yeah,
0: and they've kind of just destroyed a perfectly good park like playground.
1: Though this this is not a spoiler. This isn't a spoiler. I I wouldn't count it as a spoiler. Again, <laughs> listeners, if I'm going over the mark with this, then please you know let me know. But the River Court, to me, is like the sofa in Central Perk in Friends, in that, you know, there's that one episode in Friends where, like, Chandler and Ross and Joey, they all walk in, and there's someone sat on the sofa, and they're like... (laughs) And then that's sort of it. That's what the River Court is to me. There's never anybody else playing there. (laughs) I wish one day they'd go down and there'd be some people here like, yeah, no, we've got the court today.
0: (laughs) This is ours.
1: We'll fight you for it. Yeah, i you for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gets the court trashed. We've said that, you know, he gets continually... I You've got to call it bullying. It's more than hazing. Like, the fact they kidnap him and throw him in the, the swamp thing. It's rough. He has a couple moments with Karen as well, like, in his room. She's, like, waiting up for him. And he's saying he has to start, like, fighting back now.
0: But even then, it was, like, an emotionless response. He slumps down in a chair, mm. covered in all sorts of crap from being shoved into a swampy puddle, and he's like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did he "Swampy puddle, it's yeah. a swampy
0: puddle." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's, yeah, it's he's just covered in rubbish, sitting in this chair, and he's like, oh, "I need to start fighting back." You know, maybe it's time. For... It's just no emotion in it. It's just it just felt very bland. If that was me, I got pushed into a swampy puddle, one, I'd be kicking a lot more. Um, but I understand, you know, plot devices and things like that. But I'd be like, right, this is it. That that is absolutely it. No more. I'm I'm fighting fire with fire now, and I'm getting other people involved. So I'm getting my pals from the river court,
1: and we're going in. What the... <laughs> Grab a couple of balaclavas and crowbars. <laughs> I'm breaking ribs. <laughs> there is the theme is about taking the high road which is ironic because we had a whole segment on the last episode about taking the high road and that is a continual theme we'll talk more about jake when we get into into him but he keeps reminding lucas as well like you got to take the high road or you know it's gonna get bad like someone's gonna get hurt he's kind of alluding to so it's difficult because he's trying to stay positive and trying to not go down to their level
0: and there's that there's that moment back in practice where he doesn't get past the ball by Tim and he steals the ball off of Tim and scores and whatever but it's only in practice and I mean and Jake does say oh that's good taking the high road is it you know or, you know, a silly little comment but not in a nasty way um, and he should have absolutely probably just waited it out and let let the play finish
1: what does that Whitey know that because he yeah. then says he's scored the, like the last six or seven and you're not passing it to him and mm. it's actually it's not his job to do that that's what the coach is there for but he's acted out of frustration because he's not getting delivered the ball
0: which was that was the most animated he got
1: it's, it's difficult because I I respect him not fighting back
0: I absolutely do as well but you kinda of, you see a teen drama, you want a bit of a bit of you know a bit of, a bit of push.
1: Yes. And a bit of well, a, I mean, a barney. He gets there in the end, doesn't he? I mean with the crescendo of the episode, he goes to Nathan at the burning boat. The burning boat. <laughs> I was gonna say the barge. Yeah, the burning boat. The burning cake. And he's like he's like Oh burn this for me. I actually had to freeze frame it to see what it was, but it was The hood that they put over his head and, like, the rope. Yeah. And he basically said, oh, and this. And he gives him the spray can, doesn't he, to say, you know, he knows that he did it at the River Court, that he vandalised it. He's like, you'll need that to paint over your scoring title because, you know, I'm taking it. And it's kind of like a... This is him fighting back without fighting saying, okay, you're going to do this to me. No problem. Well, you're just going to push me harder. You can do all of this stuff to me, but it's just going to motivate me and inspire me to, to be even better and to keep pushing in my own direction and to be a better player, a better this, a better that. And I'm not leaving the team. Like I'm not going to allow you to force me out and to change how I'm going to be in the sort of person I am. So i respect the fact that he's gone in that direction rather than just like if he had a fight with him or whatever it's kind of playing into what nathan wants because they could probably pose it like you got to throw him off the team now or or something like that and it's actually he's a good guy and he's sort of staying true to that so
0: you know how at the end of the episode we we give it a rating and mm-hmm. your job is to convince me to give it a better rating than what I may or may not give it. Yeah, I think you've convinced me on Lucas.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes.
0: Like maybe I, I maybe I read it a little bit wrong on this episode, but I just, I just thought he was very bland. When he I just first needs to lighten up a bit. I,
1: I see that as well, though. But I think with the pressure that he's got on him from the stuff that he's going through, that yes, he made the game-winning shot. He's enjoying some of the praise that's coming. Evidently, with like. You, you're the bomb thing and thinking it's, it's about him and his interactions with Brooke the, his interactions with Brooke half naked in the back of his car and his interactions with Peyton and we'll talk more about Brooke and Peyton when we get to them but he just has yeah. He, he, it's angsty still because he's still got a lot of weight
0: in the commentary of the game um, at the beginning there was quite interesting what was said And I didn't know who was commentating. Was that meant to be Mouth and the other geezer? Or was it just actual commentators? I think
1: it was just actual commentators. Because
0: there was almost like no mention of them at all. No. In this entire episode. I
1: didn't even see them. I think this is just stuff that they've ADR'd over to, you know, do the additional dialogue. Yeah. uh, In post-production. They, there's a, another moment that's very clearly been ADR'd in uh, at the end when Karen puts her cheerleading like sweatshirt in the boat yeah. and it sort of is panning away. And then Lucas is just like, guess that's the end of cheerleading, huh, Mum, or something like that. And you can tell that it's like, oh, well, they probably thought that needed a bit more context. Maybe they didn't mention enough what, she, what it is that she's doing. I think the same with the commentary that. They just added that in over the top to just make it a bit more suspenseful. Yeah,
0: p- possibly. But it says, "Oh look, we've got, oh, we've got a different Scott taking the winning shot," and that was that was quite interesting. It was quite a good way of phrasing it, I think. Um, but for me, that was about as. That's what I thought about Lucas anyway. I didn't, I didn't feel that drawn to him in this episode at all. I was more drawn to, like watching Haley and kind of where she was going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but Lucas gets Nathan's position on the team. Yeah, that's that was a big point. So Nathan's kind of been, feels like he's been demoted
1: a little bit, been moved down a small forward.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that means.
1: Well, so the, you've got guards and then you've got forwards and then you've got a center. So the guards, you've got the point guard and the shooting guard. The point guard controls the play, so they're always the one that brings the ball up the court. So on the Ravens, Tim actually plays point guard. So he's the one that, and they're usually like the the shorter player. They're like the ball handler, and they distribute the ball out. And then the shooting guard, as it sounds, is the person that does a lot of the shooting. Uh, but they also can control the play, so they're kind of the the people that lead. But then you've got then you've got the center that's like the big guy or girl for women's basketball in the middle, and then you've got the small forward and the power forward. And they're the people that sort of are in the lanes and driving to the to the basket. So they're sort of on the end of it. So Lucas going to shooting guard makes sense because from what we see of Lucas, he's a really good shooter. Uh, but it means that he'd also potentially have a bit more control of the play maybe. But also not because... Um, Tim's never going to feed him the ball. Right, exactly. And you could argue that the forwards have more scoring opportunities so if it's talking about getting points and whatever then you know it it doesn't
0: one thing that Nathan throws back at the other team when he's when he's convincing them to bully Lucas and do the hazing is I'm you guys might not get your minutes because it's all about footage isn't it that they have to send off to colleges and say look how good I am give me a scholarship to your college And and that's important to them oh yeah so this is this is this is big. This is this is almost using emotional blackmail against them to say, you know, if you don't do this bullying and pick on this guy, he's going to take your opportunity away.
1: And he's saying, I'm going to get my minutes. I'm good. I've got so, my yeah
0: Yeah, I've got my footage. I've got everything I need
1: realistically it doesn't really matter what position you play like you said as long as you're getting minutes and opportunities because every team needs players of different positions etc but he can obviously any,
0: anyone shooting him anyone can shoot obviously. oh yeah and it, it wouldn't really matter but no no no. it, it tends to always go to that key player
1: well it doesn't have to it just means the guards are just more in control of the flow of the of, of the game or the flow of what plays they're doing and then the, the other players are more sort of finishing and, you know, defensive, etc.
0: So if you're going to put me in a basketball team, where would you put me?
1: I don't know. Where do you... <laughs> maybe, maybe point guard. Because I'm short. Yeah. <laughs> but it means you get to control the play. Because you're smart as well. So you could, you could for, foresee where people are going to go. But, I mean, so examples of, like, Michael Jordan was a shooting guard. Um, Kobe Bryant, obviously. And then you've got people, you know, point guards, James Harden, guy with the beard, you know. It just... Where does
0: LeBron James play?
1: He plays as a forward. But that's why LeBron James is arguably the best player of all time, because he can play in all five positions. Okay. And that's crazy. (laughs) That's unheard of to be able to do all of that, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, I guess if he's spent his whole basketball playing career today playing in one position and then to feel like demoted um because someone else has taken his spot, regardless because again, they, they the positions don't hold any more weight than any other one. It's like the same in like football, like soccer, I mean, I'm talking about is. They, they have different roles, but it doesn't mean one's more important than another. You know, a midfielder to someone in defence or a striker, they all play a role, but you need them all on your team. You know, you, the, the team needs all the positions to be successful. Yeah. So it's the same. But if you got moved from... If you were playing right midfield and they bring in someone else and they say, OK, actually, we're going to put you in left-back... You'd be like, but my position is, I've been playing to play in that position. So it'd feel like you are not as good as this player in that position, so you're having to be moved. So you can understand why he feels upset about it. Yeah. Completely agree. Did I talk about that too much? No, not at all. (laughs)
0: Lucas is uh, obviously pleased he's got the position. I think he might have felt potentially awkward about taking it at first, but now he's like, no I'm gunning for you I'm coming for your record so yeah. fair enough he's got that drive at the end of the episode but still even the way he delivers that line it's like you better get ready to paint your record off because I'm coming for it it's just like it just it didn't feel like he had a lot of fight in him but mm. hey maybe I, I think in the next episode so let's go with my prediction for Lucas in the next episode yeah this is it I'm going for it now um, but I think he'll I don't know whether he's going to find out about Haley. And Nathan yet, in terms of the tutoring, I think he might, or he might see something, or he might clock something's not right, um, and that might push him closer to Peyton.
1: Mm. That's what I'm going with that. Do so you mean that he'd start instead of this, the time that he's usually spending with Haley, he might start spending that with Peyton? Yeah. <laughs> and then, does you think? So, your prediction of <laughs> Haley is in love with Lucas. Do you think that will create? angst between Haley and Lucas and push her to wanting to be with someone else. Then
0: it, I think he's gonna fall into this weird like love triangle, one that he's completely oblivious of. Because he like he obviously likes Peyton. Haley, I think obviously likes Lucas. Nathan is just a weasel that is. Um, he doesn't really like Peyton. He's it's just the cheerleader status thing. He doesn't really like Haley. it's just the getting back at Lucas thing. That's not to say he won't necessarily fall for Haley. he might. But Hayley um, is then going to feel like piggy in the middle, very stuck in the middle. Like, I don't know what path to follow. Do I follow this path where this guy seems to like me and is actually not an idiot, even though he's playing it, not being an idiot, like, like rude and nasty? Or do I stay loyal to my friend that I've been friends with for years who likes this girl that... Is just this misery. (laughs) I don't don't know. I kind of think this weird little relationship thing will play out a bit more.
1: Okay, we will see and we will find out. Let's move on to Peyton then. Peyton had this whole back and forth about her art with FUD, which on the last episode I said I couldn't remember what the U stood for, but did you see what it stood for? No, I missed it again. It's Tree Hill Underground daily but then on the sign crossed out to weekly so that's what fud stands for Tree Hill Underground daily uh, Peyton has this meeting with the editor or someone at fud about her comic strip and he says that they like them but can she work to a deadline and they want a twist on on the characters and then and she's kind of goes back and forth about how to do it is she gonna do it is she not? You might miss 95% on this, the other 5%. She kind of annoyed me in this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good. She annoyed me because... <laughs> Why are you so happy about that?
0: because <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my perception of you and these characters is that you, like, love them all. No. So I, I just... I, it's nice to hear your side of not enjoying a character for some whatever reason.
1: <laughs> nah, well, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to alter your perception, but I've, I'm have i not a fan of Peyton, full stop.
0: Ooh, oh! <laughs> because she's so miserable. She's so miserable.
1: Well, yeah. She's a
0: girl that's miserable that doesn't want to be miserable. She, I, I swear she's just doing it for the sake of it.
1: Do you think she wants to be miserable? No,
0: she doesn't want to be miserable. Oh, but she's she's not being miserable because anyone or anything is making her miserable. She, it's just a thing. She's just doing it. Right. That's how it feels.
1: Okay. Well,
0: Nathan's probably making her miserable because he's an asshole. <laughs> right. Sorry. Nathan's probably making her miserable because he's he's not particularly nice to her and pays her absolutely zero attention. Because she's being quite playful when they're in the bedroom together, and she immediately switches when he's like. Complaining about his dad, and blah, blah, blah. And maybe it is that thing if he does just want to talk sometimes, and all she wants to do is have sex. <laughs> so I, th- I think
1: maybe she's cheesing the wrong here. In that, in that situation, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck you, Payton, <laughs> the, the holeless wench. <laughs> the there's. Uh, yeah I think you're right actually Nathan in that moment wanted to talk about something that was painful to him and that he was going through and felt stressed about he wanted to offload and she didn't really want to hear it or well, she did a little bit but that they in some regards I wouldn't say they're as bad as each other because he definitely treats her. ...poorly, and she doesn't treat him badly. Like, not knowing
0: the sketches even existed sort of thing, and they were all over the walls.
1: Yeah, and the the way he has treated her in the previous episodes, which we've said, you know, is pretty abusive, he's definitely a lot worse. But she also isn't great, you know, like it, but just in terms of a regular, not very good sort of... Human being? Yeah, like, and just not very caring... But it could be something, that a resilience that she's built up because he has treated her so poorly for so long. But I find her annoying in terms of she's got this great opportunity with FUD. warranted she didn't ask for it and didn't put it forward herself. But Lucas did it. He might have overstepped the marks, whatever. But she's also happy with it. She gets the, the voicemail, deletes it straight away, probably out of fear, are we thinking that is?
0: Yeah, Probably, it's that panic, isn't it? And the accepting it, and all this could be really happening. Am I ready for this? So she just deletes it.
1: Putting herself out there, being judged. Yeah. But then she meets with this guy, and he gives her this opportunity, and it's like she, she kind of just... She just gets very... She's so defensive. And melodramatic, like yeah. very unnecessarily melodramatic. Great man. way
0: of describing her, I
1: have to say. Well done. <laughs> it is, and it's a little bit like, come on, he's giving you an opportunity. Just give it a go. It's all good. Put, put them out under a pseudonym, if if that would make you feel better, to mm. not be judged, you know. Uh, but, yeah.
0: And when the guy is telling... it, So, she kicks off at Lucas... Saying, I can't believe you submitted my, my work to Thad and blah, 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 And he went, oh, they called you? And then he's like, they're flirty, oh, you're welcome, at the end. Because um, that's when Brooke interrupts and stuff like that. Then she has the interaction with Brooke.
1: Very jealous.
0: Very, very, very jealous. And she basically calls Brooke like a slut the whole time.
1: She's like, oh, you're a slut in mittens, continue. Yeah. And then she... Even... She says that, ha- that that bra
0: combination is... Like a, mat. Yeah, like a welcome, yeah,
1: gonna welcome that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so she she's obviously she's not very nice to Brooke in no. general. Like Brooke is obviously one of those people that will try and get her away with whoever she wants and however she wants. But Peyton has taken massive exception to this because she's got this mega thing for Lucas.
1: Well, and she's very mean to Brooke, but under the guise of it being a joke, which I hate it when people do that, like in terms of they say something all jokingly, but it's actually an insult. But, oh, you can't be mad at it because, you know, I said it while smiling at you, you know. Um,
0: And and Brooke obviously catches on that she's jealous and says it to her, but she's like, I'm not jealous. I have a boyfriend. His name is, uh, there's this guy, his name's Nathan, and he's his name's also my boyfriend or something like that along those lines and it's just a, she's super jealous
1: well Brooke actually seems a little bit more like oh you know if you like him you know almost like being very honest about it like almost it didn't she, I don't think she said it it almost felt like being like well if you like him back off what? Well, no she didn't I didn't get that. that from Brooke no you think she would have still gone well she's in a relate.
0: Brooke's the sort of person who will go let's both try so you, so you get some at the end.
1: Right, 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 right. Well, <laughs> we we we'll, we we'll, we'll have to come on to to Brooke. Um, that's pretty much it with Peyton, isn't it? I mean, it
0: was She was just misery from the beginning to end. So yeah, that's all it's ever going to be, from what I feel. Nice.
1: <laughs> and that's is that your prediction also? Misery um, continues. I
0: think she'll do her. So they they said at the end of the episode, didn't they, that. They left her another message say so they're, they're going to use her strip. Yeah. Um, so that will go out in thud. Lucas will see it. Lucas and I will have their interaction. This will be part of their bond getting a bit closer. This is what will push Haley closer to Nathan. Nathan's in his own little world anyway so he probably won't even notice. So all these things that happen will mean that... Like with, with Lucas winning the game... And being like, hey, I, I got the winning shot, great. With absolutely zero emotion. Haley will be the same with, oh, look, my artwork is in a magazine. People like it, great. That'll be it. There'll be no, like...
1: Just be on to the next misery. Yeah, maybe. that's just,
0: what can I be mopey about now?
1: <laughs> okay, nice. All right, let's move on to Brooke then. So Brooke has a lot more to do in this episode. She starts in the back of Lucas's car... I mean, what did you make of all of that? Oh, she has a good point in there, actually. She says about how many times in life can you point to a moment and say, that's when it changed. I really like that line for some reason, because that is very isolated, like as in there aren't that many moments you can point to in your life and think, oh yeah, that's when a real big change happened. So I like that.
0: Well, I played for a varsity basketball team and I scored the winning shot in my second game because my first game was a major flop, but I overcame the issues that I had and won. And she's kind of pointing that out. I'm going, you did that. You need to remember that. And you will remember that. And you've got that life-affirming, life-changing moment. Yeah. And she's... she's kind of, we talked about her being the comic relief, but, you know, I said that she's almost like the Jiminy Cricket, like a conscience. I, th- she, I thought she was that for Peyton. Maybe she's that for the whole town maybe she's just that character that needs to bring out i talk about shakespeare quite a lot in our other podcast if you look at there's a play called king lear which a lot of people will know and for the whole thing there's a character in it called clown and he's the only one that can say to king lear you're an idiot he's the only one that gets away with it because he's a clown he's dressed as a clown but everyone else is the clown so I think she's put in as the comic relief, but she's the only one that's actually talks sense and can see things happening and knows what's going on. That's kind of, again, what I see for her in future episodes.
1: Well, <laughs> nice. Very well put. Well, I'm going to tell you this because, as our listeners and you know, you're on a Google ban from anything <laughs> One Tree Hill related. So Chad, Michael Murray and Sophia Bush, so uh, Lucas and Brooke... Got married in real life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because of their
0: relationship with One Tree
1: Hill? Yeah. Um, well, because of knowing each other from One Tree Hill. Oh. I will say no more. <laughs> I will say no more.
0: But Nearly got something out of you then. But they,
1: but they also subsequently got divorced. Because of One Tree Hill? Again, I say because nothing. Because he's so miserable. <laughs> but while the show was still happening.
0: Oh. Well, so they okay. were like
1: even divorced and still filming. Right, okay. Um, But it'll be interesting if you can see that I think they have quite natural chemistry. Um, But yeah, we'll see. You'll see.
0: You can see what works with people. And I don't know whether it's intentional, but Nathan and Peyton have no chemistry. But they're so different and almost separate from each other, even when they're together. It's very strange. Whereas Brooke... I think she's probably got... She's the sort of person... And the actress, Sophia Bush... Yeah. Would probably have chemistry with anyone. Mm. Because she just... She kind of... The way she's playing this character just bounces off everyone. And just whatever's thrown at her, she throws something straight back. And she's very quick and very good at that. Yeah. I like her. I think she's a good character.
1: Likeable character, yeah. Yeah.
0: And like I said, she feels like that conscience... And, you know, although I said she, she may be the conscience of the town, I don't necessarily mean that, but she's definitely the conscience of the close character she's connected to.
1: Nice. Well, besides that, she gets her legs waxed at one point, <laughs> and it's, again, it's kind of... Was playful. it legs? <laughs> I think it was legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite playful with Peyton still. That's it, really, for Brooke, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's it for Brooke.
1: Let's talk about the man the myth, the legend, Jake Jagelski. Before we talk about him, so a listener reached out on the Instagram, Magdalena. Thank you, Magdalena, for reaching out. Please, Thank you. Please continue to uh, hit us up with stuff like this, especially stuff like this. So she uh, shared a screenshot from this episode and on Jake's jersey on the back, they'd misspelled his last name.
0: I looked at that. I thought I thought I was getting his name wrong.
1: No, they misspelled it on his jersey.
0: Oh, it, did you look into that any further? No, because <laughs> <laughs> I what, what his surname is, there is to look at? like Jagowski, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
0: right. And then I looked at his name on his shirt, and I thought, well, that, or well, maybe that's not his name. Maybe I've got his name wrong.
1: Well, this listener is Polish and she said that it's like a Polish sounding name. So that's as so she, you know, noticed. So I thought that was really interesting and then watching it I couldn't help but but notice that. So oh, just good. a little error there, yeah.
0: Good spot, Magdalena. Well done.
1: Yeah, very nice. Please keep them coming.
0: I wonder if there's a, a reason why his name I need to look in a future episode now and see if his name's spelled wrong.
1: If they correct it. If
0: it's a one off or if it's a permanent thing.
1: Yeah, I think it's just a one-off, but we'll see. We'll cool. see. But yeah, what did you think of Jake? Uh,
0: Jake is the voice of reason, isn't he? He's the sensible. Don't do anything. Let it ride out.
1: We all went through it. We've
0: all had this happen. This has happened to me. It's fine. And he's that hand of support to Lucas. Gives he, Lucas the clothes when his he, clothes have been drenched. Yeah, and he's he's always going to be that, I think, that ally to him. Hopefully, I, I like to hope that he stays that ally to him. The only reason that he ever wouldn't be is if Lucas and him fell out over something, but I can't see that happening. Again, much to, <laughs> much to uh, as much as we need Brooke in this scenario with all of this lot, I think we need Jake as well, because Brooke's the fun, lively, sees everything, can get away with saying anything. Jake's the down-to-earth, grounded, I see everything and I can advise you better kind of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he needs to stay as that for Lucas's development to get better, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, or to, you know, for him to stay an integral part of the team but not be bullied and picked on by the rest yeah nice jake jake is always going to be that i've got your back guy but he's also going to be the one that say i'm not going to join in with that i don't think you should do it and he's always going to say to lucas i don't think you should retaliate i don't think you should do that
1: well his has he has a great moment where he comes to the body shop and says basically look i'm asking you to come and take the high road and rise above it. And Lucas says, "Well, what if I can't?" Then Jake says, "Well, then I still got your back." And I thought that was a really good moment because it's saying, you know, I'm with you either way. But I think it's important that you try to, yeah, take the high road.
0: Lucas has a moment of blaming him as well, or like saying,
1: "Oh, were you involved?" Doesn't he? Yeah, in trashing the River Court.
0: And he's like, "That's not my thing. I I play defense and I go home.
1: Yeah, that's it." Um, Which was a bit harsh, actually, because Jake has surely earned enough credit to not warrant being accused of a crime.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Jake's Jake's not that that guy at all. Uh, And you would have thought Lucas would know that. But maybe that was just his raw emotion coming out and he just, you know, needs a face to blame. And he was the first one he saw.
1: Sometimes we lash out at the ones closest to us. Amen, brother. He needs to rise above it. <laughs> Shout out to cool runnings. So is that about it for Jake?
0: I think so. He's he again he kind of comes in at the key points, doesn't he? It's just the bullying moments and he's there and he's like, I'm here for you, mate.
1: It's fine. Do you what do you perceive happening going forward for Jake?
0: I don't know. Somewhere down the line he has to have an altercation with someone, doesn't he? And he has to have that moment where either Lucas can repay his advice.
1: Like help him back. Yeah.
0: So whether Jake gets to a point with Nathan and says, you need to stop, it's getting ridiculous. And they turn their attention to him. And then he needs kind of Lucas's support. I don't don't know. That might not be for a little while yet. I think probably in the next episode, it'll just be the same character he was in this one. So it's quite calm, understanding. Level-headed and advisory.
1: Nice. Okay, well, let's move on to Dan.
0: Big, bad Dan.
1: (laughs) There's a moment where Dan is watching the game footage and it's Lucas passing to Nathan and then Nathan being double-teamed and then he finds the open man and passes it, I think, to Tim. And... When he was watching it, I thought, oh, he's actually enjoying because he's seeing his two sons playing basketball together. And I thought that that was what he was going to say, even though I've seen this multiple times. (laughs) Um, Actually, he's annoyed at Nathan for passing the ball and giving up a scoring opportunity for himself. That was in the last episode. Damn it! (laughs) Nah! (laughs) (laughs) So do my friend. My bad. So go on, Dan.
0: <laughs> I have a question about Dan. Go on. Dan was at high school. Yeah. And gets Karen pregnant. Yeah. Has Lucas. Yeah. But also has a son, that's the same age.
1: You'll find out. There's exposition about this as we go forward, so I won't answer. <sighs> but obviously, it's from two different women.
0: Well, obviously. This whole not knowing is very annoying. <laughs> yeah. There's some two different but
1: yeah. But you I mean, would have you had
0: can... a kid with her in high school and another kid in high school.
1: I don't I is won't he? say it because you'll get it. He ruined his own
0: life. Uh, not Whitey.
1: You can span nine months, can't you? In a, in the same academic year. Like as in you can be born in September and born in July and be in the same academic year. You in, Nathan's a college baby? I'm just saying, that, <laughs> just saying that you know that they could. St- one of them must be younger than the other. I know the answer, but I'm not going to say. Okay. What, what What would your obviously one is older than the other one. What is your guess? Which one do you think is the older brother? Lucas. Ooh, why do you say that?
0: Uh, because it was that I got a girl pregnant in high school, moment. But it only, it's taken me till now to clock that obviously they're brothers from two different women that are the same age. So, yeah, the same age. Yeah, Dan had I a busy mean, year. Yeah, exactly. Going around when he's 18 knocking up cheerleaders. Well. <laughs> it's such a bad way of phrasing it. I'm really sorry to our listeners for like some type It's because of, it's, it's all TV, <laughs> okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I thought I just thought it would be funny, is I know some of the characters' middle names right. that you haven't known that you don't know yet. What is your guess of Lucas' middle name? Is it Daniel? Okay, is that your guess? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I won't tell you the answer. I don't
0: think it will be because No, she wouldn't be that dumb would she?
1: Karen what? I mean. Yeah, I knew who you meant. <laughs> <laughs> what well what, what do you what's your guess? I won't tell you, you just have to find out when it comes out in the show. But
0: She doesn't mention her parents, really, does she? No. I'll say Daniel. Okay. I'll go for Daniel. And Peyton? Peyton's middle name?
1: Oh, God. Drab? Peyton, do you know her last name? No. I don't know if it's come out. Okay. Sawyer. Yes.
0: Yeah. It is Sawyer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do know it. Yeah,
1: do you know Brooke's last name? Take a guess. If you don't, I don't think Shields. Shields. Brooke (laughs) Shields. That's funny. All right, we'll 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 see as we go on.
0: Okay. Okay. Is she a Sawyer as well? Who
1: Brooke? i I won't say. Oh, that's not fair. Damn, there's not knowing. Again, talk talk to me about Dan. He's disappointed with Nathan when he comes out. He piles pressure on. He says about... He he has that... We talked about it already. He has that talk with Nathan of, I need to know if this is still what you want to do. You need to take control of the team. Manipulating and putting pressure on Nathan to basically bully Lucas out of the team. Does he have any other functions?
0: Not really. He's not as involved in this episode as he has been in the previous one. But... Obviously, has that massive impact on Nathan. Yeah, it still has that controlling power over Nathan um, and lays lays out everything, doesn't he? says, well, you can quit the team, but, you know, I'll get you a job if you pass the interview and puts that little bit of pressure on him now as well. So you could pass the interview and you can be, you know, one of these guys working at the dealership, dealing with people that, you know, are stupid enough to not have any credit and, and he kind of lays into people across the town and across his profession it's, it seems a bit strange and a bit unusual but he is really living vicariously through Nathan so much and goes this is this is what what I thought you wanted and he I think Nathan does push back quite a bit with him and says this Is what you wanted but I'm doing it you know and that's kind of Dan's only way he's ever going to win this championship is through his son and it's going to feel like his victory because he's got his son to do everything so he needs to be really harsh about the realities of life of him and say you're just going to end up in a dead end job selling cars to people that don't even know what they're buying and they're just buying the old crap because it's what you've told them to buy um, you don't want that life, I've always wanted a better life for you, this is why I've pushed you so hard to, for this and that's kind of the only path he's been set on the only other times I don't really remember the only reaction you get from him is at the game when when Nathan doesn't win and that's the initial kicker isn't it but that's what spurs on the argument in the house but then it becomes a you know I just want the best for you blah 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 the same way that Nathan would treat Peyton for example mm. treat him like crap and then go it's only because I love you
1: hot and cold
0: yeah uh, but other than that, i don't I don't we didn't really get a lot from Dan in this episode um I think much to the same degree we didn't get much from Karen and Keith. We got a bit, but all their interactions were together in this episode. They weren't ever really separate except for when Karen was at the boat burning ceremony. Mm.
1: okay, well, let's move on to uh to Keith then Keith didn't have too much to do in this episode, either he <laughs> After the game, he hisses like a cat. (laughs) Little woman. uh, He has a nice moment with Lucas. He puts his arm around Karen. It's all very... He's just supportive the whole time. He's
0: been supportive uncle in this one, but he's trying to give out advice. I think Jake does it better. Jake kind of plays the better advisor in this episode. And Keith recognises it, doesn't he? He says to Karen, I gave him some bad advice I think but only about
1: He just had to roll with it didn't show, you yeah. show them what you're made of it's all part of it happened in his day it's all just whatever isn't yeah. it
0: yeah it's what happens in the game teams will treat you like that and so on and so forth but um, it doesn't end well I think he feels a little bit responsible but um because that's when Rivercourt starts getting smashed up and Lucas gets kidnapped and so on and so forth but I think Jake is the better advisor in this episode and is a bit, a little bit smarter with it all. I think Keith is maybe using his past experience as a just go with it, it'll go away and then prove to them what you can do, maybe fight back a little bit. It didn't really work. But other than that, he was just there to sort of console Karen, I think, a lot more, especially with the, the boosters, as I... Was like, Describe them, the bitchy mum group.
1: The bitchy mum group. Well, let's move on to Karen. So Karen's journey is she's transported back to high school, basically, by initially, by basically not being invited to the boosters group by, I don't know what her name is, I forget, but, you know, bitchy mum number one.
0: Yeah.
1: And saying, you know, you probably wouldn't want to come. She's like, oh, what time? Six-ish? yeah but do they meet at six Dom they meet at five sharp Ah, uh, that whole interaction so when Karen then gets there and no she says oh you guys meet you meet at six right and she's like no we meet at five you must not have understood me or something like that you must have misheard me or misunderstood or something and the mum straight away she doesn't even get to sit down they're just like so is Lucas going to be on the team for good now You know, like as in, what about the players that have been on the team, you know, for years, so on and so forth. Can I ask
0: one question? And hopefully you can answer this. Are they all like rich mums?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay,
0: so it's kind of like...
1: That's the poor family.
0: They're like the real OC kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like they're rich mums. We support the school because our boys are in the basketball team so we set up all these baking events and shit like that yeah exactly yeah
1: our boys are the good ones
0: yeah what's that supposed to
1: mean you, know what, it, you know what it
0: means
1: <laughs> you little cafe
0: yeah I'm just like this Karen's got her own little business she's making yeah. making a you know a, a life for herself and for her her only son and, and doing everything she can to provide and you're going to poke holes at that because you're Rich husband who's probably sleeping with his secretary is, um, you know, and leaving you all his money and you can do whatever you like. Where well, you, you know,
1: well, you all you have to do with your time is just bother your child.
0: They're the characters I don't want Brooke to be.
1: that's mm, has like to just, grow up to be.
0: Yeah, Brooke's just going to marry a rich guy and let life play out, and this is kind of what they've done. And that's what's turned them into... They, they haven't ever evolved or changed from being, in pretty much in Karen's word, the bitches from high school. Yeah, they're still were. the
1: petty little bitch you were in high school. Yeah,
0: and she's absolutely right. And even when she sees them as the little three, and she's like, Oh no, I'll still come to the boosters thing when you you meet up and stuff like that, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, well, at the end, she has she's obviously absorbed what's happened reflected on it worked through it and then at the end at the burning boat she just says look i need to accept you for the person you are now not the person that you were in high school and i hope that you'll do the same for me i think and takes the high road and it's also and she apologizes doesn't she for calling her a bitch or whatever or or apologizes for like judging her Uh, yeah
0: i think she just apologizes the way she phrases the i need to take you for who you are now is it's actually a dig mm. yeah because it's like i suppose i just need to take you for what you are now what not what you used to be yeah. and it's kind of like even if that's the same thing
1: yeah yeah but it's it it perfectly plays in and it is it runs with a parallel to the whole high flyers club segment that we had on the last episode with that was kind of partly that was like part of that story really and it's like yeah you have to take people for who they've become now but it doesn't necessarily mean that they've become a better version. They could still be the same sort of person. But you have to give people that chance. And that even if today they're a douchebag, tomorrow they might not be. So it's like you have to keep you know, allowing people to have the opportunity to change. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to have them in your life. you know. But she is allowing her that opportunity. And I thought she... Yeah, it was a bit of a dig. But only a dig because... She's being a douchebag still. But <laughs> yeah. and but she's given her the opportunity to, you know, not be.
0: Yeah, be the better person or take the high ground.
1: I thought Is that was, was a really good step for Karen because she held herself with integrity and dignity and got through that situation. So um, I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Karen's um, little bit of fight and development was, was a lot more interesting than... How I felt about her in the previous episode, where she would just roll over and give in, mm. which I mean, she kind of still had that same "you're a petty little bitch." And then look, I shouldn't have done that. And That's the right thing to do. But she still got that dig in. And so I was a bit like, "Oh, she's she's come away from um, this is a problem, and I can't accept this, and I'm really sorry." To you know, she always she always now. backed down on the on the previous episode to absolutely everything and anything. Um, And I think she did that to a degree in the pilot. But on this one, she's sort of sticking her ground a little bit. Especially with these old high school chums.
1: But she has, like... She wants to carry herself in a certain way and wants to be, you know, like a good person. And she's proving that by even... She had that outburst, which was... She's probably within her right to do, but she still, you know, apologised, made it right and moved forward. So, how do you see... Karen going forward.
0: Um, I, d- I don't think she's going to change much. If she gets involved in the bitchy mum group, it might be that she gets in. She needs her version of Jake. Right. In that group, someone will accept her in and won't be a douchey mum. Maybe even Jake's mum. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Um, and will sort of take her on and be like, "Oh, it's okay. You know, they're always like that. Let's just." kind of do our thing we can still go to their little events and stuff like that
1: they kidnap Karen throw in a swamp <laughs> puddle <laughs> okay well then our final character is Whitey <laughs> you love Whitey you love him so much I
0: really do <laughs> my favourite bit in the whole episode is when he's presenting the 83rd annual boat burning ceremony this is the master ceremony is normally read but He's dead. So, <laughs> so ah, well. <laughs> his
1: body's in the boat. We're about to burn it.
0: Like we'll to, like, the Nordic funeral we're about to hold. Well,
1: uh, I mean, he has the interaction with Lucas we spoke about. He has, we're in the hallway when Lucas has had his uh, clothes stolen. He has the interaction with Lucas when Brooke's in the back of the car. He gives that look, like the crazy eye, when yeah. it's just like you've got a half-naked girl in the back of your car. <laughs> why <whitey> he can't wink?
0: <laughs> he winks at he winks at Nathan when he's telling Nathan he's not he's going to be there.
1: Oh, when you call me Coach, and I'll call you Nathan Scott, small forward.
0: Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. And then he goes. he can't wink Uh, it's really frustrating that people can't see me I'm doing some crazy actions with winking but he can't wink I need you to go back and watch the episode and go
1: making sure I can wink now he
0: can't wink he's got
1: that and that that... maybe because his eyes are already
0: pretty closed
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's he's got such a great sort of sunny disposition about him doesn't he
0: I love him I actually think he's great
1: is he your favourite character
0: at the moment I think so He's definitely up there because he's just so, uh, I, don't, I, I don't care. I'm just going to be in your face and, uh, it, you know, calls a spade a spade sort of thing, doesn't he?
1: This guy's dead, so I'm presenting tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Normally Red do this, but he died. Oh, well, my turn. Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? <laughs>
1: nice. Um, so what's your prediction for Whitey going forward?
0: He might end up with maybe a bit of backlash in the next episode. He hasn't had an interaction with Dan in this episode. I think Dan will probably confront him over the changing of Nathan's position. Um, But he also won't care because he just doesn't. He's like, well, I'm a coach, do what I want. So maybe some backlash from that.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, that wraps up our character journeys. So we're going to take a quick break and you can hear about how you can connect with us through our Patreon page. You just became a raven. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Podcast Network.
0: Our network is made up of
1: two podcasts. The Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast, a look back at 90s movies we grew up with.
0: And The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show.
1: All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms.
0: But if you'd like to support us on our podcast journey,
1: then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you.
0: All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The
1: first tier, Junior Varsity.
0: You'll receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes, a patron shout out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel.
1: Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode we will spin the wheel and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity.
0: All of the perks from Junior Varsity and... You get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much, then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us.
1: We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers.
0: We love doing this and we appreciate you all. Be gentle
1: with us. And wear gloves. So here is a quick commercial for our friends over at the It Takes Three. Dom and I are subscribers to their podcast, Tree Hill Talk. Let's Talk OC and their Gossip Girl podcast. So take a listen and check them out. Seth Cohen. Brooke Davis. Blair Waldorf. Sound familiar? It Takes Three Network houses shows surrounding your favorite nostalgic teen dramas. Whether you are watching for the first time or you're binging for the fifth time, you'll definitely want to check us out. You can listen
0: to Tree Hill Talk, Let's Talk OC, and Three Gossip Girls on your preferred listening platform. And for more information, visit ItTakes3Network.com.
1: Okay, Dom, it's time to talk about our judgments. So who would you say is your favorite performer of this episode?
0: Um, I
1: actually think Haley. That's uh, Bethany Joy Lens. Sorry, mm, no. But I'm, help, I'm <laughs> helping. You can't look it up, okay. can you? True.
0: Maybe Brooke. Both of them. I'm gonna pick one. I'm gonna pick Haley. And stick with Haley. Nice, Bethany, Bethany Joy Lens. <laughs> um, she did the best friend character. Well, as she always will. Um, but she's entered into a world of... Um, unknown and a difficult situation for her. Especially as she's trying to hide something from Lucas. And now Karen as well. Um, so she's going to have some difficult moments. But she's made it very clear... That she's, the character's evolved a bit more. And has come out a bit more. And is, is used more frequently in the episode. And... We get to see her perform it really well, um, and we saw two different sides of her—the kind of happy Haley side we're used to, and the, the shady hayley side that we've—we've. We've, this is new to us, and it's probably new to her uh, as a character. Um, and I thought it was played very well. So I was, yeah, I think she's probably the best performer of this episode. Nice. Did anyone stand out for you?
1: She's really good. Um, I I could see giving it to her. I I will say Sophia Bush, which is Brooke, um, to just give another perspective. And I know that you was you know torn between them two as well because she does really well at playing kind of trying to playing like seductive at the beginning and sort of playful with Lucas to then joking around with with Peyton to. Kind of showing a good variety and considering she was used very seldomly in the last episode I think she did a good job at sort of leaving a mark on this one. So yeah, I'll go with Sophia Bush. Who would you say was your favourite character? I think
0: Brooke in this episode. She, probably for exactly the same reasons that you just said is that um, it was played very well but she played fun, flirty... But to the point, and she doesn't really take any prisoners, but also she had that really poignant moment in the car, saying this is a life changer moment, remember it. Yeah, And I I really liked her her as a character, and her character development is uh, already better from when she was sort of, when you mentioned last week that she was thrown in to be the kind of plucky comic relief, that's how I started watching her, and then realised she's more than that. So I think her.
1: Yeah, nice. Good development. I would say Jake on this episode oh, nice. because of all the reasons that we've said, but him being that supportive, helping hand to Lucas, the voice of reason, a bit mature beyond his years. Yeah, I like Jake. Song? Uh
0: there was only one song I recognised and that was by Star Sailor.
1: Is that the one in the middle? What what scene was it over? Oh, I
0: can't remember. Yeah. That was it. This is the song. Yeah. I can't remember.
1: I like that so song. That's... Silence
0: is Easy by Star Sailor. It was the only one I recognised. I like that one. I can't remember what it was over though.
1: Yeah, I remember it in the episode though. Like, I remember hearing it. That works. I'll go with that. <laughs> what is your favourite background performer?
0: Oh, do you know what? I... Again, I've done it again where right? I spend so much time focusing on. Who's there? I think the lady doing the waxing. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of carried on, didn't she? She wasn't really fussed that there's two people there and she's just whoosh, whipping even, the wax off.
1: And even when Peyton pulls one off, she didn't look annoyed. <laughs> no,
0: she's just, this girl's doing my job for me, great. <laughs> yeah,
1: nice. I will say, when they're doing The Swamp, there's my, uh, both of our choice from the last episode, the, who, who reluctantly was singing the song, Maybe. Maybe. That kid, I can see him now in every scene. I like to spot him and he's sort of stood there when they push Lucas into the swamp puddle and he's just, just standing there in the background. But when I look at him, all I hear is maybe. <laughs> so i got to say him, he's I my have been, MVP.
0: I hope it's him every episode.
1: I think it might be him that I've spoken to on Instagram so, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah I might eventually might see if I can get him on Dom <laughs> let's get on to our rating let's go to you first again I've got a number in my head that I'm happy with yeah. right, I don't
0: that's... think you're going to be happy with my number
1: okay go on shoot
0: it's a lower number than last week
1: go on six okay I was thinking seven I knew you'd think seven so let me hear your reasoning for a six
0: As much as I enjoyed the character development of the quieter characters from the previous episode, and by quieter I mean the ones that had less to do, so Brooke and Maybe, Haley. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy what was going on in this episode as much.
1: You didn't enjoy it because it's distressing to see a young man pushed into a swamp puddle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it is distressing. It is distressing. He's
1: just a young man. He is. <laughs> it's not nice, but I just... Do you think he got them stains out of those clothes? <laughs> I don't think he did. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a young man. <laughs> He's just a young man. I didn't
0: connect with this episode as well as I, I probably did with the previous one. The The previous one was a definite eight, which, you know, we discussed and we were both happy about. But I, I don't see... This one being as good as the previous one.
1: Shall I tell you... Well, the 7 is less than 8. So, I mean, let me tell you why I think it's a 7. Shall I? Yeah, sure. I think that we get great character development. Things get pushed along, but the spotlight gets to move. It doesn't have to remain on Lucas the whole time, which is good. He played his role. We get to see more Haley, more Brooke interaction it feels like it's setting up for drama that's gonna pay off a bit later, right? With the Nathan, the Haley, all these other things. Well you have to set these things up. Were they set up well? Yes. Was were you gripped the whole way through? I think so. So I think a seven is probably
0: with with the grips the whole way through, there are moments where I could have quite easily got distracted and like messed about on my phone or something like that.
1: But you have to when you tell the joke, you have to do the setup. And then you get to the punchline. It can't just be all punchline. You know, sometimes we've got to set this stuff up. I think seven is fair. I mean, I met you at six on our opening episode. I think it's only fair that you meet me at seven.
0: Based on character development alone and what you said about Brooke and Haley, and me feeling the same way about it and we got a little bit more from Jake as well, I suppose. I will meet you at seven.
1: Okay, he's playing ball. <laughs> excellent we call this a seven you're happy with it
0: i'm happy with a seven
1: excellent so we've gone so far we've gone six eight seven
0: yes it's pretty good it's not bad so far i'm waiting for a like a three
1: i'm waiting for a ten.
0: Ooh.
1: that's hard to get a ten but i have to be don't be one of these blown away There'll any one of these people that's reluctant to give a oh, no, 10, if be afraid there's to. a 10, then there's a 10.
0: If it's a, if I'm happy with it, if there's an episode based on Whitey,
1: <laughs> just it's, almost,
0: whole. it's almost certainly a 10. <laughs> Before I've even got there, let's just label it now. <laughs>
1: you weigh it, my friend. No, 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 I'm joking. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Well, we have some patrons, Dom, on our Patreon. So you heard about our Patreon earlier on in this episode. We have a couple people that we need to thank. So we have our first ever patron. And she went in, Dom, at Hall of Fame level, which is awesome. So thank you so much to Emily. Emily, thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for becoming our first Raven.
0: Thank you, Emily. It means so much to us. Um, someone like you who enjoys our podcast and loves One Tree Hill, gives us you know, the platform to be able to talk about it and uh, gives you a little bit of extra content, so it's great that we can share with you a lot more and be a bit more personal to you. Welcome into the Junior Varsity team, two new Ravens, Alice and Sangeeta, who have also supported us and have joined our Patreon.
1: Thank you for your support. Thank you for being part of this journey with us. We really, really appreciate it.
0: And hope that you stay on the whole journey with us.
1: And stay in contact with us. Let us know. Feedback to us. Ask us questions. Get involved.
0: Tell us what your rating of that the last episode that we've just covered was.
1: So you can find us on social media, Dom.
0: At Ravens Podcast on Instagram.
1: And you can please rate, review, subscribe... Tell a friend that loves One Tree Hill. Tell a friend that's never heard of One Tree Hill. Tell a friend that hates One Tree Hill. We will convert the haters. We will share with the newbies. And we will enjoy with the repeat watches. Thank you all for your support. Ravens on Free. One, two, three. Ravens! Oh, why just on me head? Because I didn't feel it from you, Don. <laughs> I need to feel... Where's the energy crew? Ready? Bravers on free! One, two, three, Bravers! Bravers.